Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, everyone. Hallelujah. We are back today, and uh, we'll be finishing up the story of Esther, a uh, beautiful story of Esther, and we will we will go from Esther right on into Job, okay? And uh, we'll talk about Job when we get there. But let's finish up Esther. I think Esther has maybe one or two more pages here, and then we'll be into the story of Job. Uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for this word today. We ask, Lord, that you edify us in this word. We ask that you be in us and us in you. And we ask, Lord, that you help us to understand everything that we read today and to take it and utilize it in our lives to see the things that we do in our lives whether they are mistakes or whether they are profitable for us in your eyesight father lord we thank you for all these things in jesus name yeshua mashiach amen amen everyone so we're going to get started because I want to get into the book of Job. Job is not that long a book, but it is a very interesting book. Uh, doesn't take long at all. Um, so let's get started. Chapter 9. On the 13th day of the 20th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king, was to carry out, and on this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. Now, I've said this in the past. I don't like the word Jews. It's a slang. It's um, it's like uh, calling people out of their real nationality. They were not Jews. They were Hebrews or Israelites, okay? They came from Israel. They were Israelites. Their faith was uh, the Hebrew uh, faith, okay? They, um, we went over this a while ago with the name, the Jews originated from, uh, if you want, you can go back in my old text and see for yourself, but pretty much, uh, you know, I know they're using all the Bibles and everything, but it's really not a name that should be used. Even, you know, today, you know, they reference uh, people in Israel uh, calling them Jews. But to me, that's like cursing at somebody. Call people by who they really are, if that's really who they are. Now, you know... <laughs> I don't want to get into that again. We'll we'll pick another day to go through that. But uh, they they were really Israelites, okay? All right, let's get back to um, the story here. Um, had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned, and the uh, the Israelites. I'm going to say they have Jews. I'm going to say Israelites. Uh, got the upper hand over those who hated them. And the Israelites assembled in their cities in all the provinces of King Exerceus to attack 
those seeking their destruction, and no one could stand against them, because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them, and all the nobles of the provinces, the uh, satraps, the governors, the kings, the ministers, administrators, sorry, uh, helped, helped the Israelites, because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Now, Mordecai was... Um, promoted in the palace, and his reputation spread throughout the provinces, and he became more and more powerful. The Israelites struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them, and they did what was pleased to those who hated them. So they did what they wanted, basically. In the citadel of Susa, the Israelites killed and destroyed 500 men. They also killed Parshada, Dalphin, Asfa, Portitha, Adelia, Ardathia, Parmashta, Arisa, Adia, and Vasetha, the ten sons of Haman, son, son of Hamadith, the enemy of the Jews. But they did not lay their hands on the plunder. The number of those slain in the citadel of Susa was reported to the king that same day. Mind you, they didn't touch the plunder. <laughs> Curse. Remember I tell you about sometimes you take things, there's a curse on it. So you got to be careful what you put your fingers on. See, that was a, what they, uh, they considered that to be a cursed plunder because it was out of sin. He wanted to kill them and return, they turned it back on them. So it's not a plunder that you want to take. You don't want to bring that back on yourself or your families. Okay. Uh, the number of those slain in the citadel of Susa was reported to the king that same day. The king said to Queen Esther, The Israelites have killed and destroyed 500 men and the 10 sons of Haman in the citadel of Susa. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? And I will also, and I, uh, it will also be granted. If I please the king, Esther answered, give the Israelites in Susa permission to carry out this day's edit tomorrow also, and let Haman's ten sons be hung on the gallows. So the king commanded that this be done, and the edict was issued in Susa, and they hung the ten sons of Haman. The Israelites in Susa came together on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar, and they put to death this in Susa three hundred men, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Meanwhile, 
The remainder of the Israelites who were in the king's province also assembled to protect themselves uh, and get relief from their enemies, and they killed seven, uh, 75,000 of them, but did not lay hands on the plunder. See? Uh, this happened on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. The Israelites in Susa, however, had assembled on the 13th and 14th, and then on the 15th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. Uh, that is why rural Israelites, those living in the villages, observed the 14th of the month of Adar, as the day of joy and feasting, a day of giving presents to each other. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Israelites throughout the provinces of King Exerceus, near, near and far, to have them celebrate annually the 14th and the 15th day of the month of Adar, as a time when the Israelites got relief from their enemies and as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration. He wrote them to observe the days as day of feasting and day uh, and joy and giving, um, giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Israelites agreed to continue the celebration they had begun during uh, doing what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, son of Hamadath, the Agonite, the enemy of the Israelites, had plotted against the Israel had plotted against the Israelites to destroy them and had cast the pure, that is the lot for their ruin and destruction. But when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written order that the evil scheme Haman had devised against the Israelites should come back onto his head and that he and his sons should be hung on the gallows. Asia, please. <clears throat> Sorry about that, everybody. Therefore, these days were called Purim, from the word pure, because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them. Uh, we're going to pause for just a second.
Sorry about that. <laughs> My dog was uh, having a problem with someone uh, outside the door. Uh, they were dropping off some things. So, okay, we're going to continue. Um, All right, I don't remember where I left off. I think it was 26. Therefore, these days were called Purim, from the word Pur, uh, because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them. The Israelites took it upon themselves to establish the custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should without fail observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and at the time appointed. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation by every family and in every province and in every city. And these days of Purim should never cease to be celebrated by the Israelites, nor should the memory of them die out among their descendants. Now, mind you, this isn't one of the days that the Lord has given us, but this is a man-made holiday, much like, uh, <laughs> much like uh, Thanksgiving, um, much like Columbus Day. Uh, President's Day, etc., etc. Okay, um, these were days that the people decided themselves to remember, uh, generation to generation, to remember what happened to them and how they were able to overcome. Okay, it's not something you have to celebrate; it's something you choose to celebrate. Okay. Um, Queen Esther, daughter of Abihal, along with Mordecai, the Israelite, wrote with full authority to confirm this second letter concerning Purim. And Mordecai sent the letters to all the Israelites in 127 provinces of the kingdom of Exercius. Uh, words... Uh, let's see, words of goodwill and assurance to establish these days of Purim as their designated time, as Mordecai, the Israelite, and Queen Esther had decreed for them, and as they had established for themselves and their descendants in regards to their time of fasting and lamination. Esther decree confirmed these regulations about Purim and it was written down in the records. Chapter 10. King Exerceus imposed tribute throughout the empire to its distant shores, and all his acts of power and might together with a full account of the greatness of Mordecai, to which the king had raised him, as there uh, are they not written in the books of the annuals of the kings of Media and Persia? Okay, so any information you're looking for this story would be in that book. Okay, the Israelites were second in rank to King Exerce Exerceus. 
preeminent among the Israelites and held in high esteem by his many fellow Israelites because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all Israelites. Okay? All right. And that is the end of Esther. Now we're going to move into the uh, story of Job. Okay? Now, here's my question before we get started. Here's my question before we get started. Uh, We have, as I said, we've ended with Esther. And we are now moved into Job. But I do have a question for many of you. Have you ever had a Job minute, (laughs) moment, or been in a Job season? (laughs) A Job minute is not too bad. A Job moment, boy, it can test you. But a Job season, whoo! Your your patience is being tested. Really being tested. Faith. Your faith. Okay. Um, so with uh I just wanna look over something very quickly. Okay, Um, let's get started. Chapter 1. In the land of Uz lived a man whose name was Job. Now, this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. Notice Notice the number, seven and three. Wow, okay. Uh, He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His son used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Uh, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered, Uh, Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, 
There is no one on the earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now, one might say, why would God do that to a man that he knows is just and and is uh, right standing? Well, we everyone has to be tested uh, before they enter the kingdom of heaven to know that they are right. The should be there. Um, so, why not? Okay, everybody else is tested. Why not Job? Okay, um, so, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you uh, not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your hands. But on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Oh, he was just overjoyed. Uh, one day when Job's sons and daughters were fasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the sevens attacked and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burnt up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raid parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the sheep to the sword. Uh, sorry, sheep. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them and they are dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. All this Job got up and tore his clothes and shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground to worship, and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave me, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoings. 
Now, the average man would have said, what are you doing up there? What's going on? What's happening? Why did you do this? I've been faithful. I've been walking with you. I don't understand. And after a while, they would have, you know, gotten mad with God. Have we not all had a moment such as this? If not, beware. It will come. <laughs> okay, chapter 2. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, From roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity. Though you incline me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life, but stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well, then. He is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job painful sores from the sores of his feet to the top of his head. And then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Should we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Note very carefully what Job said. Should we accept good and not trouble? Huh? Think about that. Everyone, you are so happy when things is going right. Yay, I got it. It's all about me. No, it's not. It's about God. Oh, look what I'm doing. Yay. Are you here all the time? By the grace of God. Oh, God, help me do blah, blah, blah. Oh, God is great. He's wonderful, right? You hear that all the time. But the minute something goes wrong, I don't know what God's doing. It's terrible. But I know one thing. I ain't going to put up with this for so long because I can't. I can't. If he ain't going to help me, I'm going to do something myself. <laughs> the, the tables turn. And that is the time when God says, pray and praise me. God, remove this from me. You are the almighty God. You are a loving God. You're a gracious God. You've done this, that, and the other for me. And I know that you can do this too. I'm going to wait in faith. Stand on your word. Mm. 
I'm trusting you to bring me out. How many of you do that when you get into these situations? I'm going to be real with you. I have had a Job moment. I have had a Job time where everything was taken from me. Everything. Money, house, car, even children. Yes. That's a Job moment. And what I did was just like I read in the word. I stretched myself out before the Lord and I went into his hands. I gave it to him and I praised and worshiped him like I was out of my mind. People thought I had lost it. Something's wrong with her. Yeah, well, you know, this happened to her and that happened to her and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah is right. Meanwhile, you blah, blah, and I'm getting closer to God. I'm trusting my Lord. I'm standing on his word. I'm coming out. I'm overcoming. You understand? That's what you do. And this is what Job did. Okay, verse 11. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz, the... Tim, uh, Timonite, Bildad, the Shin, the Shuhite, and so far the Naphonite heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. And when they saw him, from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. And then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights, and no one said a word to him, because they saw how great his suffering was. Okay? Now, you would say, wow, these are really good friends. You know, they've come all this way to be with their friend to help him through this. Well, let's just see. <laughs> you know, sometimes people have great intentions and they really look like they come to help. But it doesn't always turn out that way. Sometimes their help is not helpful. <laughs> okay. Um, chapter three. Now, after this, uh, Job opened his eyes and cursed the day of his birth. He said, may the day of my birth perish and the night it was said, a boy is born. The day may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine upon it. May darkness and deep shadows claim it once once more, may a cloud settle over it, may blackness overwhelm its light, that night may thick darkness seize it, and may it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. May that night be barren, may no shouts of joy be heard in it. May those who curse day curse that day, those who are ready to ro to roost. Le 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 
May its morning star become dark, and may it wait for daylight in vain, and not see the first ray of dawn, for it did not shut for it did not shut the doors of the wound on me to hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the wound? Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? For now I would be lying down in peace and I would be asleep and at rest with the kings and the councils of the earth who built for themselves palaces now lying in ruins with rulers who had gold, uh, who filled their houses with silver, or why was I not hidden in the ground like a stillborn child, like an infant who never saw the light of day? Then the wicked cease from turmoil, and there the weary are at rest. Captives also join their uh, join their ease. They no longer hear the slave's driver's shout. The small and the great are there, and the slave is free from his master. Why is the light given to those in misery, and life to the bitter of soul? To those who long for death, the does not come, who search for it more than the hidden treasures, who are filled with gladness and rejoice when they reach the grave. Why is life given to a man whose way is hidden, whose God has hinged in for sighing, come to me instead of food. My groans pour out like water. What I feared has come upon me. What I dread has happened to me. I have no peace no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Now, isn't that how pe- how everybody feels when they're going through something that's really um, traumatizing, very painful, uh, very hurt, um, hurting? Uh, these, what he's saying here, is exactly how everybody feels. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eliphaz uh, speaks now. If someone visits a word with you, will you be impatient? But who can keep from speaking? Think how you have instructed many and how, how you have stretched feeble hands. Your words have supported those who stumbled, you have strengthened flat, uh, faltering knees, uh, but now trouble comes to you and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. Should not your priority be your confident, your confidence and your blameless ways, your hope? Consider now, who being in uh, who being innocent has ever perished, and where were the upright ever destroyed? I have observed those who plow evil and those who sow trouble reap it. At the birth of uh, 
excuse me, at the breath of God, they are destroyed. At the blast of his anger, they perish. The lions may roar and growl, yet the teeth of the great lions are broken. And the lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. A word was secretly brought to me. My ears caught a whisper of it amid disquieting dreams in the night. And when deep sleep falls on men, fear and trembling seized me and made all my bones shake. A spirit guiding past my face and the hair on my body stood on end. I stopped and I, I could not tell what it was. A form stood before my eyes and I heard a hush voice. Uh, can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be purer than his marker? If God places no trust in his servants, if, if he charges his angel with error, how much more those who live in the house of clay, whose foundations are in the dust, between dawn and dusk, they are broken to pieces, unnoticed, they perish forever. Are not the cords of their tents pulled up so that they die without wisdom? Okay, we're going to pause here for a second and we'll be back. Okay, thank you everyone for pausing there for a minute. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we have to go to commercial. Okay, um, so uh, this is his friend talking. We're going to continue. Um, uh, he says, call if you will, but who will answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? Resent kill, uh, resentment kills a fool, and envy slays the simple. I myself have seen a fool taking root, but suddenly his house was cured. His children are far from safety, crushed in courts without a fender. The hungry consume his harvest, taking eat taking it even from among thorns and thirsty pants about his worth. Uh, for hardship does not spring from the soil, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. But if it were I, I would appeal to God. I would lay my curse before him. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. <clears throat> Miracles that cannot be count counted. He bestows rain on the earth and he sends water upon the countryside. The lovely, the lowly, he sits on high, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He drops the, he thaws the plane of the crafty so that their hands achieve no success. 
and he catches the wise in their craftiness, and the schemers of the willy are swept away. Darkness comes upon them in the daytime. At noon they group as in the night, and he saves the needy from the sword in their mouth, and he saves them from uh, clutches of the powerful. So the poor have hope, and injustice shuts its mouth. Blessed is the man whom God corrects. So do not despise the decliner of the Almighty, for he he wounds, but he also binds up his enemies, but his hands also heal. For six calamities he will rescue you, and in seven no harm will befall you. No famine he will uh, ransom you from death, and in battle from the stroke of the sword he will uh, you will be protected from the lash of the tongue and need not fear when destruction comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine and need not fear the beasts of the earth, for you will have a covenant with stones of the field and the wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure and uh, you will take stock of your pr property and find nothing missing. You will know that your children will uh, be many and your descendants like the grass of the earth and you will come to the grave in full vigor like sheaves gathered in season. We have exclaimed this. We have examined this and it is true. So hear it and apply it to yourself. Now, you know, he's trying to give him encouragement and he's telling him things that he knows already. This is always the case when people come to help you. But it's not really helpful. <laughs> um, you know, it's all part of the misery. Uh, then Job replies, if only my anguish could be weighed and all my misery be placed on the scales all at once, you see. Uh, it would surely outweigh and the sands of the seas. Not one of my words have been impetuous. Uh, the arrows of the Almighty are in me and my spirit drinks in their poison. God's terrors are marshaled against me. Does a wild donkey bray when it has grass or oxen bellow when it has fodder? Is tasteless food eaten without salt or is there flavor in the white of an egg? No, absolutely not. And it's not tasty. I refuse to touch it. Such Food makes me ill. Oh, that I might have my re my request, that God would grant what I hope for, that God would be willing to crush me, to let loose his hand and cut me off. Then I would still have this consolation, my joy in unrelenting pain that I had not denied the words of the Holy One. 
What strength do I have that I should still hope? And what prospect that I should be patient? Do I have the strength of stone? Is my flesh bronze? Now he's questioning himself now because he really is not sure because of all the things that's happening. Do I have any power to help myself? And now that's and now that success has been driven from me, a despairing man should have the devotion of his friends, even though he forsook the fear of the Almighty. But my brothers are as unpredictable as intermittent streams, as the streams that overflow when darkness by thawing ice and and swollen with melted snow. But that ceased to flow in the dark season and in the in the heat vanishes from their channels. Caravans turn around from their roots and they go up into the wasteland and perish. The caravans of Timah look for water. The traveling merchants of Sheba looked in hope. They are distressed because they have been confident. They arrive there only to be disappointed. Now you too have proved to be of no help. You see something dreadful and are afraid. Have I ever said give something on my behalf? Pay attention for me from your wealth. Uh, uh, sorry. Have I ever said give something on my behalf? Pay a ransom for me for my wealth. Deliver me from the hand of the enemy. Ransom me from the clutches of the ruthless. Touch me and I will be quiet. Show me whether I have been wrong. How painful are honest words. But what do your arguments prove? Do you mean to correct what I say and treat the words of a despairing man as wild? You would even cast lots for the fatherless and bear away your friends? But now be so kind as to look at me. Would I lie to your face? Relent, do not be unjust. Consider, for my integrity is at stake. Is there any wickedness on my lips? Can my mouth not discern malice? Chapter 7. Does not man have hard service on earth? Are not his days like those of a hired man, like a slave longing for evening shadows, or a hired man waiting eagerly for his wages? So I have been allotted months of fertility, and nights of misery have been assigned to me. When I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? The night drags on, and I toss till dawn. My body is clothed with worms and scabs, my skin is broken and festering. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without rope. Remember, O oh God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. The eyes that now see me will see me no longer. 
You will look for me, but I will be no more. As a cloud vanishes as is gone, so he who goes down to the grave does not return. He will never come to his house again. His place will know him no more. Therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit, and I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea of the monster of the deep that you put me underground? When I think my bed will comfort me and my couch will ease my comfort, even then you you frighten me with dreams and terrify me with visions so that I prefer staggering I prefer straggling, uh, sorry, I prefer huh? I prefer strangling and death, okay, uh, strangling and death rather than their body of mine. I despise my life and I would not live forever and let me alone. My days have no meaning. What is man that you make so much of him, that you give him so much attention, that you examine him every morning and test him every moment? Will you never look away from me or let me alone, even for an instance? If I have sinned, what have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my offenses and forgive my sins? For I will soon lie down in the dust, and you will search for me, but I will be no more. Okay? Now, that, that's Job's response to his friend and how he's feeling about it all. Now his other friend is going to speak, Bildad, okay? How long will you say such things? Your words are blisters wind. Does God pre prevent justice? Does the Almighty prevent what is right? When your children sinned against him, he gave them over to penalty of their sins. But if you will look to God and plead with the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, even now, he will rise, he will rose himself on your behalf and restore you to your rightful place. Your beginnings will seem humble, so so prosperous will your future be. Ask the former generation and find out what their fathers learned. <clears throat> For we were born only yesterday and know nothing, and our days on earth are but a shadow. Will they not intent you? Will they not instruct you and tell you? Will they not bring forth words from their understanding? Can papyrus grow tall? Uh, papyrus grow tall where there is no marsh. Can reeds thrive without water while still growing and uncut? They wither more quickly than grass. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So perish the hope of the godless. 
what he trusts in is Virgil. And what he replies, what he relies on is a spider's web. Notice what they're saying. Now, these these are his friends, men of God. Notice what they're saying about, they're not just speaking about him. They're speaking about men in general who uh, lay up their, their thoughts and things uh, not pertaining to God. Okay, um, he, uh, 15, he leans on his web, but he gives away. He clings to it, but it does not hold. He is like a well-watered plant in the sunshine, spreading its roots over the garden. It entwines its roots around a pile of rocks and looks for a place among the stones, but when it is torn from its spot, the place disowns it and says, never saw you. Surely this life withered away and from the soil, other plants grow. Surely God does not reject the blameless man or strengthen the hands of evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Your enemies will be clothed in shame, and the tents of the wicked will be no more. Now Job's reply. Indeed, I know that this is true, but how can a mortal be righteous before God? Though one wishes to despite with this dispute with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. His wisdom is profound. His power is vast. Who has resisted him and come out unscathed? He moves mountains without their knowing it and overturns them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place and makes his pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear of and Aaron. <coughs> Excuse me. He is the maker and the bear of Aaron. The Pleiades and constellations of the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Miracles that cannot be counted. When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. If he snatches away, who can stop him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? God does not restrain his anger. Even the cohorts of Rahab cowered at his feet. How then can I dispute with him? How can I find words or argue with him? Though I were innocent, I could not answer him. I could only plead with my judge for mercy. Even if I summoned him and he responded, okay, uh, I do not believe he would give me a hearing. He would crush me with a storm and multiply my wounds for no reason. 
He would not let me regain my breath, but would overwhelm me with misery. If it is a matter of strength, he is mighty. And if it is a matter of justice, who will summon him? Even if I were innocent, my mouth would condemn me. If I were blameless, it would pronounce me guilty. Although I am blameless, I have no concern for myself. I despise my own life. It is all the same. That is why I say he destroyed both the blameless and the wicked. When a scourge brings sudden death, he marks the despair of the innocent. And when a land fills into the ha- when the land falls into the hands of the wicked, he blindfolds its judges. If it's not he, then who is it? My days are swifter than a runner; they flying away without a glimpse of joy. I skin past like boats of of papyrus like eagles swamping down on their prey. If I say I will forget my complaint, I will change my expression and smile. I still dread all my sufferings, for I know you will not hold me innocent, since I am already found guilty. Why should I struggle in vain, when if I wash myself with soap and my hands with washing soda you would purge me into a slime pit so that even my clothes would detest me he is not a man like me that i might answer him that he might confront each other in court if only there were someone to arbitrate between us to lay his hand upon us both someone to remove god's rod from me so that His terror would frighten me no more. Then I would speak up without fear of him. But as it now stands with me, I cannot. Okay, so that's his response. Uh, There is still more of his response. Um, We will pause for a quick commercial and come back. Okay? Okay, everyone, we're back. I um, I loathe my very life, therefore I will give a free rein to my complaint and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. And I will say to God, do not condemn me, but tell me what charges you have against me. Does it please you to uh, oppress me? to spun the work of my hands while you smile on the scheme of the wicked schemes of the wicked or do you have eyes of flesh do you see as a mortal sees are 
your days like those of a mortal, or are your years like those of a man, that you must stretch out my faults and probe after my sins, though you know that I am not guilty and that no one can rescue me from your hand. Your hands shopped uh, me and made me, while you now turn and destroy me. Remember that you're that you molded me like clay. While you now turn me to dust again, did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese and clothe me with skin and flesh and knead me together with bones and sinews? You gave me life and showed me kindness and and you and your providence watched over my spirit. But this is what you conceive in your heart, and I know that this was in your mind. If I sin, you would be watching me and would not let my offense go unpunished. If I am guilty, woe to me. If Even if I am innocent, I cannot lift my head, for I am full of shame and drowned in my affliction. If I hold my head high, you stalk me like a lion and again display my awesome power against me. Uh, display your awesome power against me. Uh, you bring new witness against me. You bring new witnesses against me and increase your anger towards me. Your forces come against me wave upon wave. Why then did you bring me out of the wound? I wish I had died before and I saw me. If only I had never come into being or I had carried straight from the wound to the grave or not my few days among, um, almost over. Turn away from me so I can have a moment's joy before I go to the place of no return, to the land of gloom and deep sorrow, to the land of deepest night, a, uh, a deep shadow and disorder, where even the light is like darkness. Okay, um, so... That is his reply to his uh, second friend, all right? And we're going to stop there. We're going to stop at uh, chapter 10, and we'll pick up on chapter 11 tomorrow. Okay, everyone, this is Minister Macmillan. You have a blessed evening, and good night.